Worst. Motherfucker never loved us. Fucker never loved us. You ain't know now, you know now. Still at the scrub jays with a toothbrush. Shit. Niggas still playing my old shit. But your shit is like the police asking us questions. Nigga, we don't know shit. Flex. Nigga, I'm just flex. Niggas never loved us. Do a little like we stress. Look at you, look at you, and look at you. Ah. Uh, I'm glad that they chose us. Command and submission, try to fight to the finish just to see if my finish. On my worst behavior. No? They used to never want to hear us. Remember? Motherfucker never loved us. Remember? Motherfucker. Remember? Motherfucker never loved us. I'm on my worst behavior. Don't you ever get it fucked up. Motherfuckers never loved us. Man, motherfucker never loved us. Worst behavior. Motherfucker never loved us. Fucker never loved us. Worst behavior. Hold up. Hold my phone. Motherfuckers never loved us. Fucker never loved us. Now you wanna roll one. Motherfucker never loved us. So everywhere we go now, full cup. Always hated the boy, but now the boy is the man, motherfucker. I Bitch, you better have my money when I come for the shit like ODB On my worst behavior, no? They used to never want to hear us Remember? Motherfucker never loved us Remember? Motherfucker Remember? Motherfucker never loved us I'm on my worst behavior Don't you ever get it fucked up Motherfuckers never loved us Man, motherfucker never loved us. Worst behavior. Motherfucker never loved us. Fucker never loved us. Worst behavior. Who's high, who not? Tell me who rock, who sell out in the store? You tell me who flop, who cop the new drop? Who jewels got rocks? Who else making rap albums doing numbers like it's pop? Same old pimp, Drake. You know ain't nothing changed with these funny style niggas we done put on in the game. I just asked for some blessings at my grandmother's grave. And it's back to L.A., open the mail, staring at the check. Enough to make you thought, man, it's gross what I net. I'm with my whole set, tennis matches at the crib. I swear I could be Serena when she playing with her left. Oh, where I reside, it look like a resort inside. Nigga, where your shit from? I imported mine. Ball I miss for money like my last name, more than high. Fuck you, bitch, I'm more than high. My mama probably hear that and be mortified. This ain't the sun you raised, it used to take the actor up. 5 a.m. to go and shoot the grassy up on one side. For all the sudden, I'll forever be immortalized. Yeah, back and forth across the borderline. Hate to leave the city, but I gotta do the overtime. Gone all the time, even the important times. I should let you know ahead, I'm coming back on my worst behavior. Remember? Remember? Motherfucker! Remember? Hold up! Hold my phone! They used to never want to hear us! Remember? Motherfucker never loved us! Remember? Motherfucker! Remember? Worst behavior!
Yo, yo. What up, though? What up, though? Welcome to the Skybox. It's Chills, it's Champ. What it do? You already know, man. We up here. It's another Wednesday night, and it's time to get cracking with the sports talk that y'all want to hear. Oh, man. Where do we begin at? Why we begin with 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 Night of Champions, you know what I'm saying? Because you know we're gonna talk plenty of NFL. Why don't we get started with Night of Champions? I actually didn't see Night of Champions. I caught the results though. I saw a thing got fucked up. Hope he seems to be okay. Uh prayers out to his family and to him. Uh wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah, I, I saw Night of Champions. Uh, I actually got to – I watched it live. I was at my favorite cigar lounge watching it live and uh, on the on the network on my phone while playing World Golf Tour on my laptop. And um, it was a pretty good – it was a pretty good event. You know, Charlotte came out on top, won the Divas Championship, though I feel as though that, that title change was like six days too late, in my opinion. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um uh, there's a new United States champion, John Cena, which, you know, I just was like, that makes no sense at all to me, but what do I know? Um, tag team uh, champions are honestly, still new day, actually, even. I actually wanted to talk about Cena when, uh, regaining the U.S. title. Honestly, okay. I, think Cena, I think with this, Cena is going to be a transitional champion. Why I say that is because I don't see him holding the title as long as he can during his second during his his random his last run. Yeah. I don't I, I don't see it. I mean it's just so much I'm becoming challenge just trying to really you know, I mean for me guys that could use a uh, actual full run Ray Rock that title over right back at, at Night of Champions and you know that was yeah that was a pretty that was pretty surprise I'm not gonna lie that was pretty surprising um I didn't think that KO was gonna win that championship over right back. I thought Ryback was gonna hold it a little longer and then maybe KO would win it later on down the line but I guess they figured yeah let's go ahead and give it to him now and see what he can do with it so um Honestly, I think he'll be okay hey. I think he'll. I mean, I think he'll. I think he'll be a great IC champ. I mean, he did. He, I mean, he did something with the NXT title. So I mean, I don't think he'll be. I don't think he. I don't think he'll be a great IC champ. You don't I think mean, he'll be a great IC champ, or you think he will? I think he will. I mean, he, he's part of that future of the deep. Uh, of the, uh, WWE, so why not? 
I feel you, though. I mean, like I said, I was getting ready to say about the tag titles. I mean, I, like, I thought that, I mean, I kind of understand the logic behind, you know, how that went down, but that doesn't mean I agree with it. You know, having the Dudleys win by DQ, you know, giving them a win, but at the same time, like, you know, not giving them the tag title that's, you know, the 10th reign as tag two champions, you know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, I just, I just, Honestly, I just, you know, I just don't feel how that how they played how that played out. I mean, honestly, I mean, the attempt reign as WWE tag champ could come, but at the same time, right now, it was like the tag team division is is pretty hot. I mean, you got the new day. You brought back the Dudley. You still got Lucho Dragons. You have the prime time players. You have. Lost Matadors somewhat. I mean, right? I mean, you still got that extension. I mean, hopefully they'll come together and actually be something now that they're with Stardust. Right. And that's left. And that's. And please, let's not forget about the White Family. Right. You definitely can't forget about the White Family, who, you know, they were victorious over. Uh, the team of Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and the third was revealed to be Chris Jericho. Though there's something else I want to talk about with that match. The the Bama that came into the ring and stood behind him in uh in um shield gear in shield gear. I was like I was like, who the fuck is this dude? Yeah, I mean that was wild. <laughs> but I mean, come to find out bad. though, there's 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 um there's stuff going around on the, on the interwebs that um, that he actually is an NXT referee, so he was actually a plant. I mean, there's a lot of stories going around saying that he was a plant and everything like that. So I'm just like, alrighty then. So that's what we're doing now. Though the WWE tried to come out with a statement making it seem like they didn't know who the hell he was, but. Even if they don't know who he is, even if they don't know who he is, the problem is that here here you are, you got somebody once again jumping, you know, jumping the railing and getting into the ring close to superstars before security even reacts and gets them. And if it keeps up, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a situation like, you know, like Monica, like not like. Um, Sell, like Sellers, Monica Sellers. If people remember back, like back, like, I think it was about twenty something years ago. You know, Monica Sellers was at a, a golf, at a tennis tournament, and some guy came out the stands and stabbed her in the back. And you know, it was like you're running the risk of having something like that happen to one of these wrestlers. Yeah, you, I mean, really, you, you know, really and. Are. Yeah, so it I mean, was just like, with the, I just, I mean, even though that was pretty much a plan, but still. But it just, it just shows how vulnerable the, um, how vulnerable that the, that, that the security is for, 
for for WWE that this can happen. It's happened so many times. Like you look what happened with Seth Rollins. He had somebody somebody came out in the crowd, was walking with him down the aisle and then, you know, mm-hmm. it took just a couple seconds before security even jumped in there you know, Aww. jumped in there and just, you know, was like, Okay, we need to get this guy. By that time, you know what I'm saying, you're that this guy could have done anything to Seth Rollins. But yeah. you know, that's that's, that's that's just you know, that's just my thought on it. It's like, you know, come on guys, you know, get better with the security here. You know, people should not be able to jump the rail and just get near the wrestlers like that. But, you know, Jericho returned, which was pretty cool. They lost, and he, you know, was upset. I think they're setting up a feud between him and uh, Ambrose and Reigns. We'll see how that rolls. Um, what else happened that night? And then, you know, all the championships were on the line. I like, you know, but the night the the night after on Raw was what was what was crazy with Paige. Paige dropped a pipe bomb on on Charlotte though. Yeah, she really did. I mean, CM would be proud. He really would. He really would. I mean, that pipe bomb, like that was like that's you know it's a pipe bomb because it literally like came out of nowhere. Like you're sitting there and they're like they're celebrating. Then she started to talk about Paige, and all of a sudden, Paige takes the microphone and just goes, "Good night, boom." I was like, "I was like, Lord, I was like, Lord, somebody, somebody help this child right here. She getting hit with the pipe bomb." But I mean, I mean, you know, at the same time, I mean, it was kind of expected for her to for a heel turn, though. I mean, think about it; she hasn't had the title in a minute. Mm-hmm. Now you see all these new divas coming in from NXT, pretty much on the verge of taking over that whole entire division. So right now, it's like you you got to keep Paige still in that contendership for the diva title. You got to make it interesting because I mean, outside of the Bellas, I mean, what other heels did the divas have? Naomi. I don't even consider Naomi a real heel. Nah, she is. I, I, you know, I've seen her in her character. She, she is a heel. She's, she's that, you know, she's got that cocky African American attitude heel type of thing going. You know, with the head shaking yeah. and the, you know, and the bad attitude. I don't. You know, she kind of has. She's kind of has that going for her. You know, so I, I kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of consider her that, and then you know, you know, Tamina. I think that they're kind of weary with her, with her knees and everything like that. So they part, you know. I don't think she'll get a shot like that. But honestly, um, should have been. She should have been had a shot at the Diva side. Honestly, at least one reign by now. Yeah, I think so too. The WWE really dropped the ball on that one. Like, she's one of the best women's wrestlers that you have, but yet, y'all, y'all didn't even do nothing to really use her. I mean, I think she's probably had one title shot since she's been there. Maybe two. 
Oh shit, we got a caller. Oh shit. Eight zero five four. You on? Welcome to the skybox. What is going on, gentlemen? This is Black GOP calling in to get my support. I was uh, I wanted to call in last week, but I I I messed my life up and tried to watch a Republican debate and it put me right to sleep right before the show. Um, hey, what, what's going on, fellas? <laughs> Oh man, ain't nothing. It's nothing. What they like? What it do? Like Joe P. This man hanging out. Hey, you guys talking about some women's wrestling? I, you know, the first, the first underused women's wrestler that comes to my mind is is Gail Kim. Uh, I, 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 that's always been a sore spot in my head as far as uh, women's wrestling history. She, you know, I've always looked at Gail Kim as so talented with her submissions, her striking capabilities, and obviously martial arts background. And, you know, to see her use the way she was when she came to WWE was very, very, very disappointing for me. I mean, it, it was like it was a blur. I mean, they gave her the title her first night, and that was it. Uh, it was like you took a nap and you woke up, she was at PNA. Yeah. Well, she's been yeah, I mean, a lot better in TNA than she, is, she was using WWE. Matter of fact, she... Recent, I think, like a couple of weeks ago, uh, won the knockout championship for like the sixth time. I mean, yeah, that just. I mean, right. I mean, right now though, I mean, WWE should have really, really invested a little bit more into her because I mean, how many of their female wrestlers actually have her type of background? Very few. I mean, how many actually have her skill set? I mean, she's not she's not a typical diva. I mean, she could really go. I mean, she she can not only wrestle, but she got she has a background in different types of mixed martial arts. Like, how do you not how do you utilize that? I mean, shit. I gotta I gotta ask. I gotta ask a question of Black GOP while I have him on the line because we all know that. You know, Black GOP is a huge, huge Brock Lesnar fan. And I just want to, you know, know from him, Black GOP, how do you feel about, you know, the schedule that Brock Lesnar has coming up where he's going to wrestle in uh, Madison Square Garden in, in about a week or two? He's going to wrestle Taker for the third time inside Hell in a Cell. And then he also has another match coming up in between that. So how do you feel about him wrestling three times in one month? Well, I, you know, I, 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 me personally, I hope it shuts up the Brock haters. People, uh, people hate Brock because of his schedule. They hate Brock because of his deal. They hate it when Brock went to Japan. They hate it when Brock went to UFC. Like the guy, like, at, at, like hating on Brock Lesnar is just a cool thing to do. And you know, my theory in life: the more people that hate on you, you have to be doing something right. Um, hence, some of my favorites just in the entertainment industry. So, so hearing people complain about Brock's schedule and complain about him beating Undertaker, and it's, it's just like, dude. Get over it. Brock Lesnar is a phenomenal athlete. For me, personally, uh, my favorite wrestler of all time, and actually his in-ring, not the most entertaining, not the best promos, not whatever, but just his in-ring performance and his background, you can't deny it. You, you know, you guys have seen me. I kick in the door on a, on, on this certain certain wrestling fan page because they all hate Brock and they all love Cena or whatever. And so I kick in the door and just go, okay, anybody, anybody, let's go fact for fact about Brock Lesnar and nobody – can win that conversation. So I'm glad he gets. I'm glad he's getting a shine. I'm glad he's wrestling more. Um, whatever deal he gets, I'm happy with. I just love seeing Brock. I love seeing Brock wherever he is. Here's my thoughts on Brock. 
honestly, I don't I don't understand where the hate came from. Anytime a, a, a superstar the size of Brock can do a shooting star press, I mean, granted, he almost broke his neck, but still, the fact that he that he actually has the athleticism to do a move like that, that's when he earned my respect. I mean, people talk about Brock, well, he came back, he's not even a full-time wrestler. Who gives a shit? This is a man that has already paid his dues. This is a man that has pretty much broke, kicked down the door as soon as he walked into the WWE. I mean, look, I mean, look at this guy. I mean, look at this back. I'm, look at this background. Fucking two-time All-American at the University of, of Minnesota. This man has played in the NFL. I mean, he didn't make he didn't make the final cut, but shit, still he made it further than Dwayne Johnson. This man also went to mixed martial arts. Before he went to UFC, he was in Japan. He was with Strike Force. This man has done so much. Well, you can't take nothing from him. I mean, him breaking the streak, I felt as though if they was going to do it, that should have been the Undertaker's final match. Oh, I agree with I that, mean, man. I, I agree with that. Damn. I agree with that definitely. It's nothing I say to people. I tell yeah, people, like, I'm sorry. I mean, my bad. It's, it's cool. If Brock was going to, if, Brock, if you want to have Brock break the streak, Undertaker should have went down that night. No more wrestling, no more WrestleManias. Because, honestly, after the streak was broken, I mean, what's left for the Undertaker? I mean, yes, he still makes y'all money. He is still one of those that can actually bring a lot to your card. But at the same time, when it comes to WrestleMania, it's like you don't have a streak no more. So it's like you lost one of your main attractions for WrestleMania. If Brock was going to break the streak, that should have been the Undertaker's last match. I'm sorry. That's how that's how I felt the moment it happened. Like, okay, what was the purpose of him coming back the following year to go against Bray? To see him go what twenty one and one, twenty two and one. I mean, it was just a waste. He should should. Well, I mean, right there. I'm I'm the I'm I'm the biggest I'm the I'm the biggest Undertaker fan around. Like, he is my all time favorite wrestler. But I tend to agree that, you know, if the streak was broken, that should have been it, um, especially because of the uh, physical effect it had on him after the match where he had to be hospitalized and all this other stuff. Should have been, that should have been it. Yeah. But instead he came back and faced Bray. And, you know, Bray, you know, the match with Bray was, was an okay match. Uh, then, you know, he comes back this year. He comes back at Night of Champions. Not Night of Champions. He comes back at uh, – at Battleground, and, you know, goes after Brock, and then they have a match at SummerSlam, and, you know, again, he almost passes out as he's after the match, even though he won, and now they're going to have a third contest between the two of them, and it's going to be inside Hell in the Cell. And I'm just like, <sighs> I, I, I love The Undertaker, but, bruh, you, you, you got to stop. You know, stop, that, stop, Hell in the Cell, stop, no. Stop. I was I was invited to go. call uh, my friends my friends uh, wrestling show talk about that before they had that uh, that WrestleMania match. I I said verbatim, I said I love the Undertaker to death. He's 
older, he's injury prone, and he has no business being in the ring with Brock Lesnar. And I just hope that Brock doesn't accidentally kill him because Brock is such a rough dude in the ring. Like you can, you know, you can say wrestling's fake or it's choreographed, but you you take in that file. I don't care who you are, it's going to change your life. Uh, remember, remember back in the day, he almost put Hogan out with a damn F5. So when I said that going into the match, and as I watched the match, I was like, okay, they got to, they got to end this damn thing. Get get Taker out of it. Get like really get him out of it. And the way he fell on that, I believe it was the second or third F5, the way he, like, it was almost dead weight. I'm like, okay, he's done. And sure enough, you hear that he had to go to the hospital, and that's when Vince had to leave WrestleMania to go to the hospital with Taker. So it's like, like, Brock is so physical. You need more of the younger guys kind of. I like to see, like, I guess, like a Taker and Sting match, it would be more fair. You know what I mean? In my head. Yeah, but you shouldn't keep feeding Taker yeah, um, to Brock. They had the same stage in their career. I understand that. I mean, they both will be at the same pace. Thanks for having me on. I got to run because, of course, as soon as I try to get on the phone, everything, everybody actually they need me, of course. Typical. Um, hey, thanks, guys. I'll, I'll try to catch up with you guys next week. Appreciate it. Thanks, All right, GOP. Oh, man, Black GOP, who, you know, I'm I'm getting to work with in, in the Baltimore Elite Wrestling Alliance in, in the little stable we got called the Commission. So I'm I'm really excited about that, you know. And everything like that. So great! To all, it's 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 really great to have you know have him on on the line. He, you know, he may not he he may not be very up to date on other sports. But when it comes to wrestling, he definitely you know knows his stuff. That he does. All right, let's all right, let's move on. To, let's move on to the NFL because we actually got thirty two minutes left. <laughs> oh yeah, Lord, oh. have mercy. I miss the days when we were. I miss the days we were a ninety-minute show. <laughs> yeah, um, the way my schedule was set up now. Um, yeah. <laughs> He's like the way my schedule set up. I have a, a, a bank. I have a checking account and a savings account. <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's talk about the NFL, time. baby. Huh? I need one. I have a bad time. I have a bad time now. So um, yeah. Like, yeah I, mean, I, I wish I had far. that. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, when I accepted his job, I mean, they told me six. They told me six thirty to three. Yeah. But now let's move right. on to uh, since we were yeah, on last week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we we're about to catch up though. Week one and week two. I actually got a few. I actually got a few questions. My first question for you, champ. Is out of all the zero and two teams, who are you? Who is the most surprising one out of all of them? Uh, I kind of want to say Philadelphia, simply because their offense has proven to be a very stout offense, and their defense is usually always very stout as well. But you know, this year. With Sam Bradford, I mean, with Sam Bradford at quarterback, they they barely score points, and they're kind of they kind of slowed down a little bit in terms of their pace of yeah, uh, pace of play. But at the same time, the pace of play is still such that their defense is out there a lot longer and a lot more than they should. And because of that, they get winded, they get gassed, 
And then, you know, in any any offense that has a good running game going up against the Eagles when they have a, when their offense, even though it's not super fast paced, it's still fast enough that they're out there all the time. Any good running offense can break down the Eagles easily. So they're kind of a surprise because they actually, you know, last year started off pretty good, but this year they're just they're just starting off terrible. And I think a part of it can be attributed to the fact they don't have Shady. Shady's gone. They have uh, Sam Bradford back there who hasn't played a full season in God knows how long. And it's obvious. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious that, you know, he's not – Fully, you know, he's just. I just, I just feel like he's going to be a bust, and I hate to say that, especially given the fact that he just ju- rolled up in the Philly. But I just got a feeling he's going to be a bust, and um, he's a, he's actually a kind of talented quarterback. He was a talented quarterback in college, and he he showed flashes in St. Louis, but he just couldn't stay on the field. And I just think he's that's what's going to make him a bust. So I'll say Philly. Uh, is my surprise in O one two team. Uh I gotta say Seattle. Before I really get into Seattle, let's talk about Philly again. Um my things with the Eagles now is one, Sam Bradford is a quarterback. So I'm looking at this team like he cannot he cannot lead that team. Point blank. I mean, you bring in DeMarco Murray because you got rid of Shady. You haven't replaced Deshaun nor Macklin. I'm sorry, Riley, Riley Cooper is not going to be that receiver for you. I can't think of the other dude's name. 81. Yeah, I can't think of him either. Uh, I mean, they have talent, but right now it's not there. They don't have those playmakers that they once had when Chip Kelly took over Andy Reid's team. Next, I look at this I look at this offensive line. This offensive line is fucking terrible. I mean, I look at this this Eagles offensive line, and I see the fucking Redskins the Redskins offensive line from the past few seasons. The only difference is uh-huh. that with that old line, the Skins were still able to somewhat run the fucking ball. I'm looking at. DeMarco Murray actually fighting to get to the line of scrimmage. This is a guy that I paid a hefty price for, but yet you don't have the offensive line to open up holes for Well, you know, a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans are saying, yeah, you know, he's, uh, you know, he. this shows that He's not as good a running back as he, you know, he thinks he is. That he's a product of a good of a good system and a good offensive line. Honestly, no, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Proof of that was when he hurdled over Brandon Carbone ass. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a long run, but still, the fact that you avoided loss of yards. Hurdled over your former teammate. I mean, he did it with ease. I mean, it that hurdle like it didn't take much out of him to make a play. I mean, Demarco Murray is an athletic running back. 
But no running back can succeed without a proper offensive line. I mean, Bernie Sanders was great. He never really had his solo O-line. But if you really look at some of his games and numbers, he's he's had some runs where he lost a lot of yards due to the fact that he didn't have an O-line. It's hard when you got to be your own lead blocker and the running back. I mean, it shouldn't be complicated. I mean, no, I, I, don't think Marco, I mean, I don't, I don't fault the market for Warner I mean, you you play a position where the money market isn't what it used to be because the average running back career span is between six to seven years. So I don't fault him for wanting that money. I mean, at the same time, like Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles should have invested more into that investment for them to have a solid run game. This offensive line is terrible. It couldn't block its own shadow. God damn. <laughs> it, 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 it couldn't. That offensive line couldn't block tackling dummies. I mean, it's just, it's just terrible. Yeah, no, you're right. It's like, God, what the fuck happened? I mean, this is what Chip Kelly wanted. He got rid of Andy Reid's team because they didn't fit his systems. Now he's starting to pay the price because, I mean, this team is not even respectable. I'll be surprised if they win more than four games this season with Sam Bradford as their quarterback. You know, but now, what's funny – Hold on. Oh, we'll talk about the Seahawks. Then I, I, well, let me make my point real quick. Somebody told me today, and I just found this to be very funny. Somebody told me today that now all of a sudden the Redskins are now the favorites in the NFC East because the Cowboys have lost Romo for two months with a broken collarbone. The Giants are looking suspect, and Philly looks suspect. And I told, looked at him dead. I looked at him with the straightest face I could give, and said, "Nah, I don't believe that." Like, and gave him the same line that Rich, somebody told Richard Pryor when they were tackling him at a stand-up. I don't believe that shit, and I don't. I don't believe that the Redskins are should be favored in the NFC East. I mean, the Cowboys went and got uh, Matt Castle, which is just like. Eh. He's marginally better than Brandon Wheaton, but not again. It's marginal, as in not by much. Um, and you know, we just talked about Philly and how effed up they are right now. And then the Giants, good grief! Like, Lord, what, what can you say about the Giants? Um, yeah, but um, somebody told me that, and I just was like, nah. Nah, don't put that on us. We we not we not there yet. Honestly, I um um here's what I see it. I mean, the way that this division is looking, I wouldn't be surprised if the Skins actually did win. Actually, did win the NFC East because I mean Dallas is fucked, is banged up due to injury. Philadelphia looks like some straight ass. They can't they can't score with the shit, and their defense is burned out. The Giants. Their defense is non-existent. They don't have Victor Cruz, which puts more pressure onto Odell Beckham Jr. 
And the simple fact that, well, the Giants are the Giants. They didn't get any better from last fucking season. They had two games where they should have won, and they blew the lead. They blew fourth quarter leads in both. Both. So if the Redskins could consistently stick to the run and the way that defense is looking, they have a true legitimate shot to win that division. They have a true legitimate shot to win that division before Romo and Daz return to the Cowboys. It's all up to the coaching of Jay Gruden and the play of Kirk Cousins. Indeed. Indeed. What he did against the Rams. That Let's put one game get off. You had two talented running backs. You got Alpha Moore who will break down the defense on the inside. You got Matt Jones who do everything else. Running in the middle, running outside, and catching. Use your running back. Let your running back control the tempo of your offense and the game. Use your running backs to take the pressure off of the quarterback that you coddle. The quarterback that you right. put in the position to be the starter. Your hand picked favorite. Use your running game to help save your job from Bill Callahan. I'm sorry. But that Rams game, Bill Callahan called that shit. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Okay, what nobody say, that's my belief. Fair enough. Fair wow. enough. Fair enough. The play call. The play calling from the Miami game, the second half of the Miami game, to the complete entire St. Louis game was more suited for a Bill Callahan offense. Those who don't remember what that is, I'm gonna take you back to when he was coaching the Oakland Raiders. He took over John Gruden's Oakland Raiders team, but. The fact that they had time on Wheatley, Wheatley, they were a more established run team as well. It took pressure off of Rich Gannon, Jerry Rice, Tim Brown. Uh-huh. But the Skins have a legitimate. It can happen. I, I I mean, we'll see, man. We'll see. I just it's just when, when somebody told me that, I just was like thought it was ridiculous because I was just like, hold up, man. You know, or, you know, nobody's giving the Redskins a chance in hell of, you know, even finishing at the, you know anywhere in the middle of the division, let alone winning it. But I mean, you make a convincing you make a, a, a convincing argument that if they can stick to the run game, if they can stick to it, then I think that they they might have a they might have a shot at it, or at least get get themselves separate themselves enough before you know Romo and and Dez return to be able to to have a shot at it. Now the but, Seahawks they're they're yes. they're zero and two. That's no. surprising. That is surprising. It's, it's surprising for one um, how they lost week one. They lost to the St. Louis Rams. 
They score and they decide to kick a onside kick. Why? Well, Why would you put uh, that position? Apparently, according to Bill, the, to Pete Carroll, they were trying a squib, a squib kick, and it ended up being an onside kick. Uh, though, yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't even. I don't even think I'd squib kick in that situation. I mean, so much can happen. Like your kick is actually fucking up, botching a kick, and it becomes a onside kick. You're positioned to milk the fucking game away. Take your take take your place mark. Fuck a squid kick. Try to milk as much time off the clock as possible. Now they with that shit, that shit gave the Rams a chance to send the damn game in the fucking overtime, which they did in fucking one. Now, let's see. They lost to the Packers. Sunday night? Yep. That doesn't surprise me because, one, Green Bay owed them one. And, two, right now, even without Ed Lacey, Green Bay does look like the best team in the NFC. That defense has gotten better. Aaron Rodgers is just on a league of his own right now. It doesn't matter if if Jordy Nelson is there or not. His receiver core will still respond. Plus, I mean, it's Lambo. They don't lose there. I'm surprised that Seattle is 0-2 still, though, because, I mean, I'm I'm just sorry. Like, this is a team that has too much talent. It's been the powerhouse of the NFC for the past couple of seasons. Yeah, I mean, am I concerned that they NFC champions? Two-time NFC champions. I mean, am I concerned about them not making a playoff? No, because I know they still will. But the fact that they're only two, yeah. I mean, it's surprising. Uh, Who was your surprise? Who was the team that surprised you the most in week two? Who surprised me the most in week two? You know who surprised me as as a week two? The freaking Jets. That's who's freaking surprised me. Brian freaking Fitzpatrick as a starting quarterback, and them Bamas are two and zero. Like, where in the hell did that come from? You want to know where it came from? Okay, yeah, I'd love to hear where this came from. Huh? Todd Bowles defense. Okay. Those who are not familiar with Tabo, he is the former defensive coordinator of the Arizona Cardinals. He became the Jets head coach during the offseason once Rex Ryan was fired. I mean, I'm looking at this team now. I mean, he has Cromartie. He has Darrell Revis. They already had a good front seven. You bring in those two, two defensive backs. I mean, I think they still have D. Milliner. I mean, that just defense is set. You look on the offensive side of the ball, Fitzpatrick, I mean, he's not an all-pro quarterback, but when you have weapons like Aaron Decker, you have weapons like Percy Harvin, you have weapons like Brandon Marshall, 
and Chris Ivory. I mean, hey, what can you say? I mean, am I sold on the Jets being a legitimate contender? Not yet. I got. I need to see more. However, this is a team that a lot of people didn't give a chance to because, one, they have a rookie head coach, and two, it's the Jets. I didn't give him a chance I mean, at all. I mean, they say Cleveland week one and blew them the fuck out. And the courts have looked horrible in both games. That's another surprise is the Colts. I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, right now the Jets are looking good. My surprise team from week two, I want to, I mean, part of me want to say the Redskins because, I mean, I was surprised that they won. I was surprised that they were able to run the ball the way that they did against that Rams front seven. But they're not, they're, they're know, not my surprise team of the week. They're not my surprise that's, team. You know, you know that's sad when we say our own home team, our own favorite team was a surprise that they won. It's that's just, it's I mean, so it's, sad. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not saying it as an insult. I'm saying no, as I'm a fact that last year the St. Louis Rams came to FedEx Field and shut us the fuck out. I'm saying it as yep. the Rams have one of the best front sevens, one of the best defenses in the league. I'm saying it because the, the St. Louis Rams had a lot of talent. Tavon Austin. They still have Zach Stacy. They still have Trey Mason. Nick Foles at quarterback. Chris Gibbons. I mean, they have a lot of talent. Lance Kendricks. So for the Skins to you know, not only beat them, but to beat them the way that they did, I mean, it surprised a lot of people. They manhandled the Rams on both sides of the ball. That's the surprising part. But my biggest surprise, I, I'm going to say the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens defense. The Oakland Raiders for not only beating the Ravens, but putting 37 on them niggas. Yeah, Derek Carr did. Derek Carr did go off on the Ravens defense, though. But I, I think the Ravens defense, they're not the same without without T. Sizzle. They're just not the same. They're just they, they don't have that. When T. If T. is not there, he's like the emotional leader of that defense with Ray Lewis retired. So, you know, you don't have that emotion there. You don't have that fire and that passion that he brings. Then it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just it just seems like that defense is now just so, so flat now. I understand that. But here's my thing, though. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens, if you look at their the history of their franchise since becoming since coming to Baltimore, their identity has always been defense. Of course, yeah. That has always been a part of their identity, no matter how you look at it. I mean, defense is the reason defense. they won their first Super Bowl championship. 
I mean, their first and shit, their second. I mean, they had more of an offense during their second run, but they still had a good, a good defense. Yeah, I was about to say, because like I said, that first run, that first championship, they damn sure couldn't rely on no damn Trent Dilfer. <laughs> Here's the part that they overlooked. Here's the part that they overlooked. They should have forget. Okay, they had Trent Dilfer. But they also had Jamal Lewis, young Jamal Lewis, in that backfield. One of the few backs to run for 2,000 yards in a season, Jamal Lewis. That took a lot of pressure off of Trent Dilfer. All you needed Trent Dilfer to do was to manage the game and keep the defense off the field. And he honestly, he did that. You didn't need him to light up the, light up the scoreboard. Do enough where your defense can stay fresh and keep other offenses out of the end zone. What other team you know that can win, that can go four straight games without scoring an offensive touchdown and win two of them? Uh-huh. My point exactly. I'm just saying, I mean, people not, well, they won with Trent Dilford. Look what that team really had around it. They had a solid run game. They had a defense that didn't give up points. All Trent had to do was keep them off the field as much as possible. That's how they got that ring. You didn't need Trent to put up 20, 27, 28 points a game. You didn't need him to throw for over 300 yards. They didn't need him for it. No, I see. I see. I definitely see. So my question to you is, you know, what is your what is your prediction for week three? Who do you think is going to surprise, is going to be a surprise, and who do you think is going to be like a, a, a disappointment? Should I need to – hold on. I need to look at the schedule for week three because I'm actually outside on my patio. Well, I've been for this entire show. Yeah, I've been sitting. I've been sitting in my in my room. Junior was down here, and then my mom came in from work, and he went to her. So that's why I've I've been able to do the show, and you know, not have my usual co-host. Mm-hmm. Oh man, let's shoot. Let's look at these matchups. Oh shit! Wait a minute. Oh, by the way, oh, by the way, I have a couple of NFL news news stories to touch on. One is Camp Chancellor is finally ending his holdout and will be back this week. Uh, DeMarco Murray suffered a tweak hamstring during practice, and uh, Darrell Rivas suffered a groin injury and missed practice. So there's some uh, a couple things to keep in mind. Oh, damn. Uh, for those who are injured, I wish you a speedy recovery. Oh man, my surprise! Yes, oh, I mean, who can I really call a surprise team? I mean, who can I really pick? I mean, the Skins have a good chance of winning. 
Because, I mean, they really owe the Giants to ass with them. Oh, shit, Yogi Bear died. Are you serious? Yes. Wow. That's crazy. Hold on, let me see. If, did I get an alert on that? No, I didn't get an alert. Damn. I'm about to look that up. I'll tell you who I think is going to be a surprise in a good way. A surprise in a good way, I think is going to be, let's see, because I'm looking at this now. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, Tampa Bay. I think it's going to be Tampa Bay. I think Jameis Winston is going to have a pretty good game, even though he's going up against J.J. Watt and uh, that other kid who was the number one pick last year. You know, all those those, oh, those guys. Yeah, Davion Clowney. You know, even though he's going up against him, he's a rookie. I think he might actually have a really good game. You know, he might have a really good game and actually get a victory on this one. So, I'm picking – I think the Tampa Bay to be the um, the positive surprise. I think the negative surprise will will most likely be. Uh, hmm. I would have to say uh, the negative surprise would probably be Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh struggled last week. I mean, they got blown out. I mean, wait, they won last week, didn't they? Yeah, the week before you mean. Week one they lost they lost week one to New England. And they beat San Fran. They, Fran. they blew them Bamas out. But I think they're gonna have a letdown on this one because, you know, Saint Louis has got a foul taste in their mouth from losing to the Redskins on the road. They're at home. Uh Pittsburgh's only favored by one point, so I mean, I think that this might be that they might end up being a disappointment because uh Kevin, like Nick Foles might actually have a really have a good game uh, against that against that defense, and I think that um, Trey Mason, who is now you know basically the primary back, I think that he will you know he'll have a pretty good game. So I think that Pittsburgh is going to be a disappointment on the disappointing surprise on that side. Okay, my disappointing surprise. Oh shit. I don't think I would call one. I mean, my surprise, my positive surprise would be I would have to go with, I'm going to have to go with Tampa. But the simple fact that I don't think Houston is good enough to win to win a game yet. I mean, their quarterback play with Brian Hoyer, I mean, it's still suspect. They really haven't been able to run a ball, and their defense isn't what it used to be. J.J. Watt is only one man. But I think Tampa could still take that game. But, well, shit, we got two minutes left. We have to stop picks them off. Yeah, of course. I'm looking at the schedule now, like, uh, I don't even have, don't even have a real sleeper pick. <laughs> I mean, I'm just looking at the schedule. I mean, I don't see a real sleeper pick here. 
outside outside of Tampa Bay. What? Well, we about to get off any kind of words, champ. Yes, my final words are hail to the Redskins. And also, make sure you tune in to Mike Check tomorrow night because I am going to take the title from the Bishop Eddie Kang. <laughs> Eddie Kang, I'm coming for you, nigga. Oh, man. That makes two of us. Yo, Eddie, I mean, it was all funny games when you won the inaugural Battle of the Best competition. I mean, it's cool. It's cool. No hard feelings. But this week, I got something for you and the champs. It's something y'all, it's something that y'all didn't even But at the same time, it was something that was under y'all noses the whole time. Which y'all find out tomorrow. Or what bomb that I'm going to drop on y'all. Like I said, I figured in a in a battle setting like this, I'm going with a I'm going with a battle I'm going with a battle rap track. Trust me, it's going to be something that's going to catch. It's going to be yeah. I can't wait. I'm ready for it. I want that work tomorrow night. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been real. Thank you for listening to the Skybox. This is Chill, alongside with Chill. We out. Yes, sir.